I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off, another What Culture Football podcast with me, Adam Wilborn from What Culture Football and Simon Miller from What Culture Football here to discuss Another burning football issue. But before we get into this, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts. But as I said, joined by Simon Miller to discuss a burning football issue. That being, Simon Miller, what I'm liking to call the Arsenal Dilemma. Um, <laughs> the, the league has only just started against I and... Well, I felt like it was jinxed the moment Bellerin tweeted, for every win we have, I'll plant 3,000 trees or whatever it is. Uh, obviously, then you had the result against Man City uh, and then two, you lost 2-1 to Brighton in the final minute on Saturday. Uh, how are you and just generally Arsenal fans feeling right now? I think there's an air of disappointment in the air. Like, I do. I think that's a fair thing to point out. It's, you know, the, the thing with Arsenal is we had that incredible you know, period at the turn of uh, in the 2000s, just beforehand. And there has been moderate success ever since then, you know, a couple of FA Cups here and there. But, you know, you're so ingrained with the super success that every year that you don't get it again and again, it becomes worrying just a, a little bit. I think the other issue is that we've heard the phrase, oh, Arsenal are rebuilding. You know, they're in a transition phase. But, and they are in a transition phase. And the transition phase takes a long time. But I think we've heard a little bit too much now. When you get into the point where a lot of fans are like, well, yeah, where's, where's the answers? But the problem is, I don't think we're going to get any for a while. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know, the Premier League this season is crazy anyway. It's absolutely topsy-turvy. And Arsenal were already in that kind of situation. So, you know, much like other teams have kind of benefited from this break, I don't think Arsenal massively have. I think they just wanted to get to the end of the season, take stock, let Mikel Arteta do his thing. But look, it, it's it's it's... I don't even know. I don't even know what's even happening right now because this is obviously the worst season probably in 20 plus years in terms of league position and points and not even having a chance of silverware. But what do you do? You've got to let it play out. Uh, before we get into sort of the ins and outs of where this all began, uh, your reaction to the news of David Luiz getting a new contract? Because, of course, when that was announced last night, there was banter FC trending on Twitter. Uh, other players were, of course, uh, Cedric Suarez, for example, offered contracts as well. Your reaction to all that? I don't, I'm not as, I look, I don't think we're going to get anybody else. The amount of money that David Luiz is going to cost us, I don't think we'd be able to get a player of a similar skill level. I know he's past his prime. I know that he is prone to mistakes. I think that we're all known. <laughs> but for a year's contract, especially with a dude who 
all the rumours suggest is very good away from the field and is a very good influence on the other players. I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing ever. However, we do need to see some improvement because otherwise we're going to have a Manchester City situation every week and that's not going to help the football club, right? So I, I was... I don't mind it. You know, if, if, if it had turned out they'd signed him for a five-year deal and they were paying him an absolute fortune, I would raise my eyebrow. But I would imagine he's probably taken a lesser wage. Uh, you'd have to assume so. I can't believe that he would be an increase of wages given the situation. As for Suarez and Mari, I think it's good that we've signed them on long-term deals. As long as they live up to the... Well, I'm not even sure what their potential is, but that you, you can't judge them based on what they've done for Arsenal. Suarez hasn't even played a game. Uh, Mari had terrible luck by coming on and getting injured in like 32 seconds. <laughs> but, you know, if Mikel Arteta sees something in them and he can, you know, knuckle them down to a long-term contract, I don't see why you wouldn't. Because, again, I don't think Arsenal have the money to go out there and buy uh, more defenders. And maybe Arteta believes he can work with these two. So don't let them go and then have no defenders whatsoever. <laughs> so I, I, I'm all right with it. I'm fine with it. I need to see them on the pitch. David Luiz for an extra 12 months doesn't surprise me. I assume that he would stay after hearing Arteta in the post-match press conference. But I understand why, I get it, Arsenal want huge names to come in. But I just think that's being a bit unrealistic right now. It's a different situation and we've got to start working our way back up. Yeah, I saw some people saying, well, I don't know why some Arsenal fans are surprised. They, Some, you know, casual fans, neutrals, etc. see Arsenal as maybe a more of a mid-table club now. Is that, is that a fair assessment or is it just the fact that, like you say, you're in a transition period. It's just the fact that the transition period seems to have lasted for about 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, the phrase I hate more in football is insert, you know, so, you know, the insert team here way. So people go, they're not playing the West Ham way. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> or when people go, well, we're a big club. Based on what? Something you did in 1982. Nonsense. You have to focus on the here and now. And right now, look at the table. How can you say Arsenal are a mid-table club? They are. I don't. It's not great because we want to be challenging for European places, but I also think you have to accept the situation for what it is. Arsenal are a mid-table club right now because they're mid-table. Literally, <laughs> they couldn't be more mid-table if they tried, which is why I think it would have been better if we, obviously, far more important things at play, but it would have been better if we could get just through this season as quickly as possible and let Arteta do whatever he was going to do in the summer. Because while I don't think they do have a big transfer budget, I mean, I'm basing this on what, right? We don't actually know what Mikel Arteta is like as a manager. We're just going off hearsay. But if he, he he talks well, right? And I think that's a good sign. If he can live up to all of that, maybe he can work with these players. I mean, look what Pochettino did with the Tottenham team. I know they had some proper mm. world-class stars, but he still made players better. And if Arteta can do that here, maybe there is a good foundation that next year we can build on. I just think we need to take our time. Um, and see and see where it goes. But yeah, we're not the team we once were. And I think it's really important to accept that. Otherwise, you're going to be mad all the time. You should be raging. And that's no good at all. Where do you think Arsenal are going to finish this season? Like you say, they're, they're the mid-table now. It's weird because, like you say, this, this break has caused what effectively is a sort of nine-game mini-season. And yeah. you've got a great series of games in there. But like you say, it's not like you're going to get relegated, but simultaneously, it's not like you're going to make European football next season. No, and I think that's the case, right? I'm an eternal optimist, so I still believe that every game Arsenal will win. So when they play Southampton on Thursday, I still believe they will win, and I think they'll win the next game. But I think, again, ultimately, they probably end up where they are now, maybe 7th, 8th, or somewhere like that, if they get a couple of good results. Uh, I think, you know, I'm not expecting European football anymore. 
And when you make that decision in your own head, it makes it so much easier because, again, you just lower your expectations. So mostly, as long as we win more games than we lose, which at the moment does not look like it's going to be the case in these last nine games, but I'd be happy. If we win five and lose four or whatever, I'll I'll take that as a, as a, as a mini victory. And that's, look, there's no way that we are going to all of a sudden usurp Manchester United, uh, Wolves, Sheffield United, probably not even Tottenham. And I don't even think necessarily Tottenham have found their feet yet either. And that pains me to say, but I just... That's where we are. That's where we are as a team. And I don't believe in not backing what you have. You know, we can shout and, and rave until the cows come home, but it, it doesn't it doesn't help. Come August or September, whenever the hell we're going to start next season, you know, can you ring more alarm bells if the current form doesn't seem to change? Yes, of course. But we're not there. We're not there yet. And there is a big asterisk at the moment again anyway, because, you know, everyone's just had 100 days off or whatever it is. But I imagine we'll probably finish where we are now, but if we can just end the season with a few wins, just so I can have a little bit of joy, <laughs> this would be appreciated. You know, the irony there, uh, my season was most joyful when Chesterfield found out that the National League had just been cancelled and I didn't have to watch <laughs> any more of those games. Um, and we'd stayed up, obviously, just yeah. that was a relief as well, because it was not looking certain uh, at certain points. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, before we get into the current team, because I think on paper, there's a lot of quality in that Arsenal side, yeah. but we'll get into that in due course. Um, this is a hard question for you. and We haven't got, you know, all day. But where, where do, could you, I mean, it's, is it, it's hard to pinpoint where this all started, isn't it? Because, you know, some fans basically say that Wenger sold Arsenal's soul for the invincible season. But where for you was the, was the real issues? Because I, I personally, as a neutral, I see it as a sort of combination of factors of Wenger yeah. kind of hanging on and being unwilling to change. And then the, the, subsequent sort of transition period that we saw the likes of Man United go through, for example, just being delayed and then 
is it arguably compounding the issues? Because, you know, for as much as people moan and groan about the lack of success subsequent to that invincible season, I mean, you were consistently in the Champions League, which, uh, you know, to a certain extent is is what you can hope for. Obviously, you didn't have any Champions League success, unfortunately. But the when you look at all the other teams that were bouncing around, teams that have done that subsequent to that, it was an impressive achievement. It was, right? And again, this goes back to the expectation argument. It wasn't good enough then. But now, if you said you're going to finish fourth, Arsenal fans would do backflips. <laughs> yeah, it's the best thing ever. I think you've hit the nail on the head. Um, Wenger, I love Wenger. I still do. You know, to me, it's you know, it's like trying to hate your parents. He was involved in the club for so long and he did so much good. He's allowed to do a couple of bad things and he gets a free pass from me. However, he probably did hang on a couple of years too long. I think that's fair. I think there was, when we won that FA Cup in 2015, 16, whenever it was, that was probably going to be a good jumping off period. He wasn't going to win the league. He wasn't going to win the Champions League. Just wasn't. You know, time had, time had passed him by. So I think that was definitely a factor. Again, probably delayed the transition era, which is why we find ourselves where we are now. And it's kind of a double-edged sword with the move to the Emirates, too. They had to make that move. I loved Highbury. Oh, man, it was amazing. The atmosphere was incredible. Mm. But you need to compete, you know, with uh, what was going on. It's why Tottenham have just built their huge stadium and why Inter and AC Milan are trying to do the same thing right now. So they had to do it, but it never really kicked back the rewards that we thought it would. And that's mostly because it tied in with the other things that you've mentioned. So it, it didn't really click how it was. Like at the moment when that started to become profitable and we should have got money to put back into the club, other things were going on. And, you know, it just it was like a big of a powder keg all at the all at the wrong time. How you fix that, I don't know. I think you've got to start again working from the ground up, which I believe is why Mikel Arteta is a good, is a good coach to get in because he's utterly fresh. And again, seems to have the credentials. I don't know. I don't like to say, oh, he's definitely going to be a good manager because that needs to be proven on the field. But he doesn't, he, he absolutely needs recruits as well. And he needs recruits that are going to play in the style that he is. He's still, you know, inherited a lot of this team. You know, a lot of them are still people that were bought by other people that he's now trying to say, don't do it like that. Don't do it, you know, do it like this, which is also going to be difficult. So yeah, look, Arsenal had their success and then they wibbled and they wibbled and they wibbled. And now they've kind of fallen off much like United did right it was the same kind and Liverpool right Liverpool have only really just got back to where they were it's just Arsenal's time but that's why double down keep your fingers crossed hope that it doesn't last as long as some of those clubs I've just mentioned but also understand that the Premier League gets more you know more intense each and every year again Wolves, Sheffield United Crystal Palace are breathing up Arsenal's neck right now. I think they're above Arsenal right now which is absolutely <laughs> absolutely crazy so you can't take anything for granted it's not the same as it was and this sort of fictional top four is now really a, a, a top six. You know, people, uh, Wolves could sneak into the Champions League this season. I don't think they will, but they certainly could. And the fact that, you know, there's more chance of Wolves doing it than Arsenal. And I think it's really important to, to, to be aware of that because otherwise you're going to get ahead of yourself. You're going to set expectations that aren't realistic and then you're just going to get sadder and sadder. And we don't need that. What did you make of, of Unai Emery as, as Arsenal manager? I don't even know. Like, I think he meant well. I really, I really, really do. I just think, well, it sounded like he was, you know, it didn't sound like he was making all the decisions, right? The uh, Pepe Luis Suarez thing being a, a great example of that. And he came out and said, I wanted Suarez, but I was told, I wanted um, Sahar, sorry. I wanted Sahar, but I was told no. You know, I was told no, you were getting Pepe instead. And I think Pepe, again, much like Arteta, is untapped potential. I think in a couple of years he'll be he'll be awesome. Mm. Whereas Sahar obviously could have just he's known as the Premier League. He could have done it. So I think there was a lot working against him. 
Uh, I thought it was really unfair when he became the sort of source of ridicule for the way he talked. I thought, okay, well, now we've gone completely the wrong way. I don't care how he speaks. That means nothing to me. It depends on, on the results on the pitch. But really, it just he just couldn't get his ideas across to the players. You know, you could see that when the management changed, even with um, Freddie Lundberg coming in, you could see that it was a little bit different. And ultimately, if you can't have a relationship with the team, then you are then you are doomed. I think the real shame is that, you know, Arteta obviously interviewed for the job at the time. If we could have got him in a year and a half earlier, that would have been far better. But hindsight's a, hindsight's a wonderful thing. So... I just don't think it was a very good... It wasn't a very good relationship. It didn't really connect as people had hoped. Although the first season was decent. You know, if we hadn't have screwed up so many games at the end of last season, we probably would have been back in the Europa League, probably would have won the Europa League. You know, it just we just capitulated. We even, Actually, we could have gotten the Champions League if we had mm, won. Yeah. Everybody else was losing around us and asked, ah, oh, we'll lose two. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> um, but again, that's then, that, that's now. I just... It, just didn't, it never really felt right. And I don't really know what that means. But I do think he's a good manager. And I'm sure he'll go on to smash it elsewhere. Yeah, I, th- I think, it's, you know, you, you can't argue the fact that there was mismanagement for, for many years and on, on in many different areas for Arsenal. But I think also what compounded that is the fact that, like you say, all these other sides have, have kicked on from there. Your Man City's, you know, your Man United's have gone through this period of, of transition and arguably, you know, still haven't hit the heights that they hoped to. Tottenham have become a force. Chelsea, obviously, now Liverpool uh, yeah. are just the sort of standout team in here in England. I think, I think it's, a, it's a combination of factors that have really just made things a whole lot worse. Because like you said... I, I wouldn't be surprised if Wolves, if you're looking at their last few, you know, final few games as we head towards the end of the season, they could knock knock Man United out of those yeah. Champions League places, in my opinion, because they're doing doing so well. Um, so, here's a nice easy question for you: How do Arsenal fix this? <laughs> That's a really, really again. You do. I don't know who you can bring in with the budget and the situation because they're not going to have Champions League football, so that cuts off a certain type of player, but. What I'm hoping is that Arsenal's scouting network and Mikel Arteta know the type of player they want. They can go out and get some untapped potential. And again, much I think Pepe, I know we paid a lot of money for Pepe, but he's someone that will grow into that position. And if we can find cheaper versions of him, I, I, I think that will work. But it's also about working with what we have. You mentioned it earlier. Mari looks like a dis- decent player to me, but I haven't had a chance to see how he's going to evolve in that position. Uh, Rob Holding, before he got injured, was great. Everyone was singing his praises, but then he got all these niggles and he's never been able to find his form. Same with Bellerin. Bellerin's not back up to 100% yet since all his injury worries. And he was you know, he was quite the force at, at one time. And if you actually go and you know look at the stats of uh, someone like Suarez, it's it's good. Like he's played, he's played good football. He can actually settle into that role. I think the issues come with players like Meza Ozil, etc. Like I like Ozil. I think again, he does get a bad rap, but it's just the amount of money that you know he's being paid weekly, which has caused this imbalance in the squad. And so trying to get more people in, they're like, well, I want what he wants, which of course you would do, right? It's the same in any walk of life. Obama Yang is another problem. You know, what do you do with, you know, because he's so, he's so integral to Arsenal, but then you can also argue that in two years' time, he's not going to be, you know, he, he's on the, the wrong side of, of 30, unfortunately. So, so I think you need to get, get rid of all these issues, all these things that are sort of hanging over the club. You need to decide on a direction. And you just need to move forward and give it time and give it patience. They do need to bring people in in the summer, which is where I do worry because I don't think there's any money. So I don't know who they're going to get. <laughs> but there's still the chance. I think they've got like nine centre-backs at the moment. So you've got to presume they're going to sell to sell a few to try and raise some funds. 
But I, I just think it's a waiting game. I think it's a waiting process. I don't think anything's going to happen in the next seven games. It's going to open your eyes to that. I think it will be a summer-long process where Arteta finally gets all these place, uh, pieces in place. And I just think you've got to have confidence that they do know what they're doing, even though sometimes it does seem a little bit a little bit scattered gun. But I guess it would do at the moment because, of, like I say, the delay in Project Restart. But the problem is that I'm I'm happy that David Luiz is signed because that's one problem done, right? You can draw a line under it. Ertz or something else you need to set out. Same with Aubameyang. Once they're done and we know what the future is, here's the thing. When Van Persie left, oh man, I could have killed him, right? I was devastated. I was like, how dare you, you son of a gun. But if Aubameyang left, I would feel a little bit differently. I'm not saying that I want him to leave. I'm not. He's the most important player on that team. He gets all of our goals and his record's incredible. Like, you know, some statistics are ahead of Thierry Henry. He's getting so many goals. But if you sign him to a, a two-year deal and, you know, you, and the money that you could have got from that by selling him this summer actually holds the team back long-term, then I don't, you know, I think you have to look at it that way. And I'd be absolutely gutted. And if they sell him to a premiership rival again, I'd just be like, what are you doing? Sons of guns. Mm. But... These are the things that need to be sorted out. So there's actually a base and a structure that we can build on. At the moment, there kind of is. But then again, there's all these little niggles that we need to we need to sort out. And it distracts people too. And people like, and then Lac- is Lacazette going? Is Lacazette staying? Is that good? Is that bad? Can he play with the Bamiya? It's like, there's too many questions. We, we just need to go, right, here's the deal. And let's move forward. And that's why all the injuries didn't help anything. Oh my gosh, that makes things even worse. Like Leno's going to be out for six weeks which actually is far better than we thought, but it means he's done for the season. Mm. Obviously, Mari's not going to be back. It sounds like Xhaka should be back for a couple of games. But that's, you know, again, it just it throws everything out the window and Arsenal need calm right now. And that's why I just want to get to the end of all of this and see what happens. <laughs> just just get to the summer break. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as, a neutral, as a neutral fan, like looking at it, I remember uh, maybe it was the start of the season and the fact that I just adored Arsenal's kit. I thought it was the best best kit oh, yeah. that, that any team had in the Premier League this season. Um, but on paper, there is this, a spine of a great side. Like you say, you've got your Leno's, you've got your, I mean, Kieran Tierney, we haven't seen hardly anything of him this yeah. season so far. Pepe, I'm a huge Aubameyang fan. He's always in my fantasy football team, despite, yep. you know, everyone else just thrashing me, basically. Like you say, Lacazette. So th- there is quality on paper there. Is there an argument to be made, and this probably predates, uh, obviously, Arteta and Emery and more dates back to, to the latter days of Wenger, that it is also a mentality issue with Arsenal? I think so. I think it's, it's, it's probably a confidence thing too, right? Once you get into, once you find your momentum, your momentum usually sticks. Again, that's why Sheffield United haven't had a good couple of games because they've had this big break and they can't find it. And I think because Arsenal, you know, not even subjectively, objectively, still even that matter of fact, have dropped down a little bit lower each <laughs> year. Again, the league shows you that it's going to get, it is going to get in your head. And you know, there are still players in that team like Mustafi and you know who. Have, and Xhaka to a certain degree, but I think he's kind of redeemed himself a little bit, who have been tarred with some kind of a brush that they also have to get over. So, yeah, I do think it's a question of just starting again. And we've got that with the new manager. People forget he's only been there like two minutes. People think he's been there for years. But he's been barely, you know, his seat's still cold. And that's why you just need, again, it's about the process. This is a rebuilding, restarting process. So the Arsenal that we know absolutely have a mentality issue. They can't really get the job done uh, hence, what, you know, when you go goal up against Brighton and you are a so-called top four, top six team, you think they're going to win. They're going to hold on. But they didn't. You know, they did what they Arsenal always do. 
Uh, they fell apart a little bit. And again, because it's the mental game. It's not, the, it's not the, the physical game. But I think that will change in time. I really do. But again, there's that word again. It takes it takes time. And it's still no fun for a fan. You know, when Brighton scored that last minute goal, I was driving. And I was just like, every every time. <laughs> every every, And I don't care about losing to City. But again, it's the way we lost to City. It didn't even look mm. like we were, we were in their league. And again, I do think that comes down to, to how they currently see themselves. But it will, again, you have to you have to just trust that Arteta knows what he's doing. And I totally believe that he does. But this season was always going to be, I knew as soon as the, uh, well, as soon as Arteta got the, um, you know, got ill, I knew that it was not going to be good for Arsenal's, you know, Arsenal just needed to plow through and draw a line under it and, and then move forward. But hey, you don't know what's going to happen in the next game. If they have a decent match against Southampton, that could raise some of these confidence issues. And then, and then you're away again. I think finishing the season is really, really important. Even if it's just a couple of wins on the back, so they know they can do it. And then you see what happens over the summer and then we go again later in the year. But yeah, I think you're right. I do. And I think any team would be like that. I don't think it's exclusive to Arsenal. You know, they're going the wrong way mm. down the table. Of course, it's going to affect you. I can see them getting a result. I agree against Southampton on Thursday. I think it's a good, good place to go. Good team to face right about now. A uh, team with kind of nothing to play for, really. Uh, no offence to to Saints fans. And then it's about getting, like you say, getting the Mikel Arteta team together and, and arguably even more so than bringing in players, getting rid of that dead wood, like you say, that is just a real issue and is cluttering up. Because I, I, players like Gwendouzi, uh, as much as he you know went bonkers at the final whistle, you look at even just the, the brief glimpses you see of him on Match of the Day, and I think he could be an exceptional player uh, not just for Arsenal, but in the Premier League. Um, yeah. Looking ahead to next season, then what 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 are the hopes and what are the expectations? Obviously, you hope you'd win the league in the Champions League, or you know <laughs> the, the, the league in the FA Cup, or whatever it may be. But what what are you what are you, you and Arsenal fans kind of hoping for and expecting next season? I just think a style of play, right? A style of football. I think that's gone away from Arsenal. Like even in Wenger's dying days, everyone knew what Wenger Ball was, right? And he and he he would he'd stuck with that to his dying day. Sometimes for better, sometimes. for <laughs> Unai Emery, I mean, Unai Emery changed his formation about 42 times, I think, in that one season, which underlines the fact that he did not know what his, his best team was. I don't think Arteta is going to be that kind of a manager. In fact, I think that's why he's brought the players in that he has. I don't think at the moment he has confidence that Arsenal can play out from the back. And it's 2020. If you're not playing out from the back, you're not going to, you know, you're not going <laughs> to be able to compete. But those are the things I think he's trying to, to drill in. So, that's what I'm happening. Open happens over the, over the break. Yeah, get rid of some of the deadwood. Bring in some players that may seem a little bit disappointing, but actually Arteta has seen and the team has seen somebody in, and they think we can teach him to play this style of football. And then I just, as long as next season is better than this season, I'm all right with it. I don't mean like finishing eighth rather than tenth, but just being competitive <laughs> for a spot, but understanding that maybe teams are going to be better than us. And you know, just seeing players like Gwendozi mature. Because I think Gwendouzi's biggest problem right now is his attitude. You know, you always see him going in with rash tackles. Again, try to choke slam somebody at the weekend. <laughs> how, how he got away with that, I'll never know. As a fan, <laughs> I mean, that is baffling. That yeah. is baffling. But, you know, and about all these rumors that he, you know, made some not great comments. He needs to knock that out of his game because it's not helping you. It's not like a, an Alan Shearer or a Wayne Rooney who used that aggression to, you know, fuel their play. He's quite an elegant football player that loses his temper. It's like, no, don't tell me <laughs> Don't do that. So it's those kind of things too, seeing him mature and seeing other players come through. Because that's what we haven't talked about. The, the youth at Arsenal is amazing. I know Martinelli just got ruled out for the rest of the season, which is just so unfair. He's so, so good in the Europa League. 
that's the thing, right? Great player. Saka, great player. You know, Willock, great player. You know, there's so many good people that just need game time and they just need experience. But of course, you need to have that depth at the same time. So it's certainly in place. Everything is there. You just have to hope that eventually it's, it's going to come good. So yeah, next year, if we are challenging, this probably sounds really lowbrow, but it's true. We're not going to challenging for a Europa League place, which I know mm -hmm. sounds a bit crap, but to me, and I just mean challenging, even if we finish sixth, it's like, oh, that's okay, because it shows that we've come, we've taken a big step, and then if next season you take an even bigger step, then you will be back in the Champions League, as long as you keep making that progression and understanding that other clubs around you are going to be making the steps as well. Yeah, I think in summary, a wish list for Arsenal fans is, like you say, uh, a higher up league position, of course, uh, and and that does, I mean they're not going to like this. I'm saying this. I've just realised. But the, the Tottenham esque squad mentality, the, the togetherness of that, like you've seen, and like obviously we saw, for example, with Leicester when they won the Premier League, yeah, um, is something you kind of want to emulate that togetherness. Uh, and like you say, these group of players that you know have, have come through, some of them come through the youth system together and developed in this this youth and and this desire to play for someone like Mikel Arteta. And I think one final thing Arsenal fans are desperate for is they don't mind losing as much as they got pissed off losing to Brighton, for example. But they want to see competitive yeah. games and wins against the top six or the, you know, the classic top four, for example. Yeah, no, I think that's the problem. It's the way they lose sometimes. They kind of, it's like they lose heart and they lose confidence and that sucks. Which is why the Brighton game wasn't that bad because there were moments in that game where Arsenal were very, very good. They just fell away at the end, which is never... You know, never going to be, never going to please anybody. But yeah, you're right. That's the thing. You just want to see a bit of fight. So if you go take on Man City, even at the Etihad, you want to come away going, oh, well, you know, we, you know, we lost, but at least we we gave everything. And I don't think you can say that from the other from the other week or last week, I should say. And I will say that for this season, there is every chance we could still win the FA Cup. I wouldn't have said that before the changes have been made, but it's so crazy now. You just don't know what's going to happen in any game. And I actually think, as you know, you have to put a big asterisks by it. Mikel Arteta winning something in his first, you know, eight, 10 months, whatever it would be, would be mm. a, it would be a, I know Arsenal fans are bored of, that sounds really bad, but they are. Arsenal fans are bored of winning the FA Cup. They're like, no, we've done that. We want to do something. <laughs> and I understand it because that's just what happens. Again, it's expectation. But I think if that did happen, I'm not 100% sure it will, but I think that would just, it'd just be a nice little, hey, look, we did something and then you can move on from there. But there's still some pretty good teams. But I think we're playing Sheffield United, I think we've got. They aren't great anymore. So maybe <laughs> it'll be all right. Well, best luck for that game, of course. Best luck against Southampton on Thursday. No doubt this debate will rumble on and we will revisit it probably before the start of next season. But do let us know your thoughts on the Arsenal dilemma in the comments section below. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe, of course. And subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts. Uh, you can let us know your thoughts on Twitter at What Culture FC. Watch there. Follow both of us. You can follow Simon Miller at... Simon Miller 316. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all, as I said, at What Culture FC. But this has been It's All Kicking Off. My thanks to Simon Miller. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.